there's a door. Where does it go? It stays where it is, I think. Hello and welcome to episode 611 of Under the Cull of MS. This is another previews of goodies that are coming out in the next few months that you can pre-order or pick up at your local comic shop online or wherever you like to get your comics. Uh, That was a little quote from Terry Pratchett. And we are just, this should be the final round of comic previews for this month. For the ones coming out in a few months. And there were some, a little bit more this month than there were the past two months. So we actually had three episodes. Whereas the last couple months were two shorter episodes. So hopefully you can find some more things that catch your ears and get you interested to pick up from your local comic shop or wherever you get your comics, wherever they're sold. Sitting there, got a wrestling playing muted in the background right now, and I see they got uh, Captain Lou Albano on there. I remember the days where he was Sidney Lopper's manager. I love that. That was such a fun little play. We got Nikolai Volkov versus Bruno Sammartino. I don't know if Captain Lou is going to, looks like he might be a referee for this one. I can't see him dropping his <laughs> big ass down on the ground and jumping back up fast or anything. So it should be interesting. He doesn't have his, he always had that nasty hair tie in his lower part of his beard, but doesn't have it today. No, he's not refereeing. He's getting kicked out by someone else that's refereeing in a standard outfit. So <laughs> if you, it's fun catching some of these old wrestling series on the Peacock channel. They got all the different platforms, but I've been vegging on them. Getting into just seeing the old day, old school stuff again. Seeing how many people you can catch their early beginning performances where you didn't recognize them back then, and now you do. Now that they're famous. But yeah. Other than that, uh, we haven't, what did we watch recently? Oh, on Peacock, they have Melissa McCarthy plays a genie for a gentleman whose family's kind of leaving him because he's overworked and they're sick of him not showing up for things. You see her appear and all this Fun little deal she makes. He's got unlimited wishes um, instead of the three-wish standard that you always used to hear of. They do a wonderful play on it. I expected it to be iffy because it's a Melissa McCarthy film. and Some are okay. Some are good. Some are great. But... I can always go back and forth with her, but this one I actually really, I, I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. It was fun. I'm not big on the whole genie thing anymore, but I really liked the way they, they played this one out. So I'd check it out if I were you, if you're into anything, into Melissa McCarthy, into genies or anything like that, or just want to laugh. Uh, yeah, I can't really... 
think anything else exciting that we've watched in a while. I haven't seen no, no new movies on the Plex system that caught my eye. I do. About the only one I can think of that I really want to check out is Expendables 4. I still haven't seen. I'd like to watch that. But we got the football playoffs now started, so I mean, my team didn't even get near getting in. Uh, Washington sucked. But what you going to do? New management, young Young team, we'll see what happens. See if they can build themselves up. I like our our quarterback. Uh, but yeah, it's that time of year where the hockey season's getting near the playoffs. So time to finish up football and get back to hockey. I'll pick up Disney Plus and we'll have some stuff to talk about with that hopefully soon. I think there's some things on there I've been wanting to see that came out after I had it last, but I like to get that with the ESPN Plus so I can catch all my hockey games during the second half of the season and then catch the playoffs. But, but yeah. Let's get to our comic book reviews, and we'll do that right after this. And don't forget to rate, review, and tell a friend. Help us get some subscribers. We need them bad. We're doing this for free. We want to just hit that thousand people mark. All right. We'll be back after this. All right. Let's get back to the previews coming out in the next few months. I am not sure exactly where I left off, but I think we're in the ends. So we're going to start out with Night People by Oni Press. From literary icon Barry Gifford, internationally renowned creator of Wild at Heart and co-writer of David Lynch's neo-noir masterpiece, Lost Highway, Night People is a pulsating roadmap of the American subconscious where neon-lit southern nights give way to lipstick, sweat, and blood, and the odd, innocent, and evil are all fellow travelers down an interstate of dark, elusive dreams. Adapted from Gifford's acclaimed novel by breakout writer Chris Condon, and a rotating cast of stunning artists, artistic talents, follow an uneasy company of wanted criminals, cartel killers, and lost souls through four interlocking tales as they travel a path of intoxication, lust, and spontaneous violence from New Orleans to Egypt City, Florida, and back again. Never heard of Egypt. Egypt City, Florida. We have a giant, was it Chinatown? I think it is called Chinatown, not Chinatown City. Oh, in our basically vacation lake area. There's a little town on the backside of the lake that's called that. In the middle of Wisconsin, so who knows what kind of towns they're going to come up with. All right, we got Ninja Funk. Bad music, number one. 
I was interested in the Ninja Funk run, but didn't mess around with it. I was going to wait for the trade to come out. This must be a one-shot. No, no, it might be a little ongoing short one. But David Mack, which is awesome. <laughs> he does a lot of stuff I really enjoy, including Warrior Nun. And Daredevil runs that he's done. Uh, it's co-creating their series Echo delivers his signature watercolor style, which I hate the watercolor style. It's just, it's like a 50, 50, 40, 60, 30, 70. Iffy, whether I'll like the artwork or not, but I do like David Mack. So following the battle at the Ninja Funk Dojo and capture of BB, B-A-D-Music retreats to their headquarters at the Nexus with the love of Laser Wolf's life as irresistible bait. There's no doubt in Queen Bad's mind that her nemesis will come knocking and she's ready for them. Will Laser Wolf, JPG McFly, and Wolfgang see the trap for what it is? Or run headlong into disaster. Find out in Ninja Funk. Bad music. Number one. Written by JPG. Art by Alessandro Miscelli. It's done by Whatnot Publishing. And Massive. And the cover is not so terrible. But yeah. We'll see. I'm not sure how long that's going to go, so I'm going to wait and see what comes out with the trade. They have a Ninja Caden Reader Pack. Not even a lifetime of martial arts training and years as an elite soldier could prepare Yuki Snow for this newest challenge. CEO of his deceased father's company... Suddenly thrust into a leadership role at Yokai Consolidated, Yuki finds himself taking over his father's pet project, the mysterious Caden armor, which would allow its wearer to see, speak to, and touch ghosts. Reader Pack features issues 1 to 5, with the Ron Friends number 1 cover, plus one free random blackout variant comic. That was a great run. I really enjoyed that. I don't know if I finished it off, if it ended for me. I'm going to have to look now. But yeah, that was a really enjoyable, interesting look at a different concept with wearable armor that allows you to have certain powers. Sorry, boy, I ain't cranking or anything. It's background noise. I can't control. I got Operation Sunshine, Already Dead, number one by Dark Horse Comics. <laughs> uh, covers got airboat with a couple, uh, a few interesting looking characters with a shark's jaw type painting on the airboat. So I don't know why no one's ever really done anything with the airboats before and done some type of face image on it but yeah it looks like a fun cover some fun characters 
Let's see. This is done by Henry Zabrowski and David Rubin. It's the second, comes the second installment of the humorous horror and action-packed comic book series. That's Near Dark meets Ocean's Eleven. Our ragtag group of young alienated vampires head down to the swamps of Florida to, to disrupt a nasty ancient vampire party and to put into motion Operation Sunshine, their plot to steal a magical object that can turn themselves back to human and put an end to the elder vampires once and for all. I don't remember anything with the first storyline. Now I'm curious about this one, but it's not a one-shot, so we're going to have to see... See if they come out with a trade that has both the first installment and the second installment in it. It looks like the first one was... No, that's this one. Hmm. For a second there, I thought they had the first one available also. But not that I see. Those are just dis different covers for this run. It definitely sounds fun and interesting. Oh yeah, Pops, Chocolate Shop of Horrors, Fresh Meat, from Archie Comics. The Pops, Chocolate Shop of Horrors. storyline is pretty fun, and I'm sure they'll drag that out in some unique and interesting ways with some people disappearing. But Pops, Chocolate Shop has been around for what feels like forever. But how? In this thrilling horror anthology, we learn just how Pop's infamous malt shop came to harbor such evils and the cursed deals he makes to ensure his doors always stay open. From the full creative team that brought you last year's successful Pop's Chocolate Shop of Horrors, we learn the nefarious origin of the beloved hometown haunt with stories filled with shady business deals, carnivorous plants, and the horrors of small business ownership. Got Amy Chase and Federico Sabatini on that one. The f first one was a blast. Uh, it was a few different little short stories. And it all had fun, unique, interesting twists to them. So... Looking forward to see what they do with the future of it. Alright, we got Power Rangers Unlimited Morphin Masters number one one shot by Boom Studios. Following the shocking events of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers number 116, an iconic character has entered the grid. Searching desperately for the Morphin Masters and the answers they might possess. But as Dark Spectre's infection grows increasingly more dangerous, new revelations are uncovered that will shake the Power Rangers universe to its very core. Iconic Rangers writer Ryan Perot returns to the franchise alongside co-writer Rachel Wagner and artist Daniel Bayless. Fans will not want to miss this key tie-in issue expanding the epic Darkest Hour event. They've been coming up with all kinds of new Mighty Morphin Power Ranger runs. 
man, this is one I didn't jump on, but I, I liked. I think they did a free comic book issue teaser that I got into, and I wanted to wait for a trade to come out. Well, they got Primer Number 1 by DC Comics. I don't know why it's... I mean, its release date is 326, but this came out before because I was going to get it. So I don't know why we have it coming out again with this, but with a father in prison, Ashley Rayburn has bounced from foster home to foster home and represents a real challenge to the social workers who try to help her. Not because she's inherently bad, but because trouble always seems to find her. But her luck might just be changing when a new couple offers to take her in. This is done by Jennifer Murrow, Greta Lusky, and Thomas Krajewski. I believe that was from DC Comics. But I could have swore that run came out over a year ago, and now it's showing that it's new. Sorry for any oddball things. We're just dealing with some movements going around. So. There's a Providence Wrap A bag set of four comics from Avatar Press. Looks kind of like a Greek mythical times destruction Roman type storyline, at least from the cover. This contains Providence number one to four wraparound covers, all first printings. You also have a Providence wrap B-bag set of four comics from Avatar Press that has number five to eight with wraparound covers, all first printing. And we got a Providence wrap C-bag set. That has issues number 9 to 12 wraparound covers, all first printings. Alright, they have a Pulp Adventure Comics Reader's Pack of five issues of comics from American Mythology. You get five issues of classic pulp characters featuring two-fisted action and adventure stories in a discounted bundle. <clears throat> it's always a good way to get it introduced to a new comic book distributor if you haven't bought stuff from them. but if you have then you're risking getting duplicates so that's something you might already have and then we got quantum number one by time bombs time bomb comics i don't remember ever hearing that company there are a lot of new companies lately Considering they're having problems in the industry, and then all of a sudden all these new companies are pumping out, so it's going to make it even harder for them to compete and make money, but we'll see. We got, this looks like this is all done by Pete Woods. The smash hit new British anthology comic is now available through previews. Quantum is a perfect bound 52-page U.S. format color anthology featuring five ongoing tales set in worlds that are not our own. Major Rakana, Steve Tanner and Pete Woods, Western Noir, Moon, or Moon Cursed, 
with Dave West, Gemma West, and Joseph Perrain. Memphis, but David Morris, whatever happened to the world's fastest man. Dave West and Marlene Lowe and the clock and the clockwork cavalier, Steve Tanner and Ed Machiavello. So I'm guessing it's a bunch of creators that are doing this. I don't know why it says written by art by Pete Woods, but he might do all the work out artwork and then the various people do the storylines, but why you got to put five ongoing tales in one book is beyond me. Just give us one whole tale in each book. <clears throat> Excuse me. Getting a little raspy throat. Scratchy throat. All right, Rick and Morty still pumping out the jam. Yeah, Rick and Morty Kingdom Balls, number one by Oni Press. Rick Sanchez in love. Let's not get together in an all-new dimension-hopping joyride from co-writers Josh Truillo and Ryan Little and artist Jarrett Williams. Rick receives a distress signal from his college sweetheart, who was kidnapped by interdimensional villains obsessed with collecting the fabled dream balls. Rick, Morty, and Jerry set out to recover the mysterious dream balls and harness their power to save his former paramour. I don't know what a paramour is. Something mythical, I assume. That's by Oni Press. And another one by Oni Press is Rick and Morty Super Spring Break Special, number one. It's spring break, for Rick's sake. Slap on a Speedo and slather on the suntan lotion because the Omniverse's most dysfunctional uncle-nephew combo is about to catch an unhealthy dose of extrasolar radiation in an absolutely gargantuan, absurdly overstuffed 64-page giant. Oh yeah, spring break. Rick, Summer, and Morty have ventured off-world to a planet where young, sexy vacationers from around the universe come to party, cut loose, and compete in the annual spring break contest. While Summer has just enough self-respect to avoid buying for Miss Spring Break, Rick doesn't, and he's all in on winning Mr. Spring Break. But little do our heroes know that winning the Spring Break competition comes with a steep reward. And if the winner refuses the reward, well, it may just unleash a swift and vicious class war between the exploited and exasperated locals and the pampered and unprepared spring breakers. I mean, that makes no sense when they do something like a universal spring break, because depending on where your planet is in your solar system and how it's revolving around your sun depicts when and what time of year that spring would actually sprung. So people on one planet could be in a winter time zone during spring or vice versa. And it's just 
But I get it. It's a cartoon. It's doing something fun. But yeah. I have issues with backstories. <laughs> Things have to make sense in my head for it to actually be enjoyable to read. Alright, we got Sam and Twitch case files. I'm guessing that they're finally bringing Sam and Twitch into the whole spawn world that's got all these different corridors and realms that are opened up. And let's see what they had to say. But of course, this is by Image and Todd McFarlane Productions. Series premiere. Your fan favorite detectives are back in their new ongoing series. Sam and Twitch Case Files. From the world of Spawn. Acclaimed creator Todd McFarlane and artist Simone Kodransky bring you a tale of murder, intrigue, and deception in this noir crime drama. Let's see. I got some older Sam and Twitch stuff, which... The little bit I did check out, I enjoyed. I might have to check out a couple issues to see what the storyline's about, see if it's in the same. I'm guessing since it's a noir tale, it's not going to be set in the same time period that we're in right now with all the different spawn-related offshoot books, Gunslinger and Scorched and King Spawn and all the different ones. But I am kind of interested, so I might have to at least check out the first three issues. We got SCP Comics. We Who Poke With Sticks, One Shot, by Aloha Comics and Para Books. Step into an unassuming home. Where ordinary objects around you, furniture, teacups, toothbrushes, but you're not here by chance. Your mission, identify the one item that could spell your doom, transform you into a nightmare, or whisk the room into another realm. Time is of the essence. Unravel the mystery or face dire consequences. Interesting looking cover. I'm guessing it's a paranormal company type storyline. We got Seven Years in Darkness, Year Two. Number one of four. I don't remember Year One. This is by Kex Publishing. Welcome to year two at the Academy of Black Magic. That's probably why it was a magic story and I couldn't, didn't get into it. The 59 surviving apprentices advance into their second year of studies as the new class of mages. This inaugural tale for year two follows a magically gifted student, Honey, who finds herself the target of a patristic entity intent on corrupting and ultimately devouring her soul. Da, da, da. We got Sydney Hammer, or Sydney Hammer, number one, by Scout Comics. Again, another interesting looking cover. She's not your average journalist, she's got a magic hammer. 
and she knows how to use it. Join Sydney as she battles gruesome Razzis and uncovers dark secrets involving bionic monkeys in this pulse-pounding, action-packed comic series. Designed for fans of trashy movies, this is your ticket to over-the-top monster-smashing mayhem. Hold on tight. It's hammer time. It's written by Art by Massacre. It's by Scout Comics. I mean, she almost looks like she could cross over into another character's world, but I don't, I don't know, the art style and stuff looks very familiar to Fearless Dawn, and I'm kind of curious if that will be part a future storyline add-on to join into the Fearless Dawn world. I'm trying to think. I think Fearless Dawn is done by Scout Comics. Yeah, I know. I could look all this stuff up, but then you'd be sitting there listening to Dead Air while I'm looking stuff up, so you can look it up or I'll mention it again some other time if I think of it. All right, we got Six Pack in Search of WrestleMania hardcover by Little Brown Inc. They say to never meet your heroes. Brad Baluchian doesn't listen. In 2005, Brad Baluchian left his position as a magazine fact checker to pursue a dream job. Partner with his childhood hero, the Iron Sheik whose real name was Kasro Vaziri, to write his biography. Things quickly went south, culminating in the sheik threatening Baluchian's life. Seventeen years later, Baluchian returns to the road in search of not only a reunion with the sheik, but something much bigger. Truth in a world built on illusion. Baluchian seeks out six of the Sheik's contemporaries, follows witnesses to the World Wrestling Federation, or fellow witnesses to the World Wrestling Federation's WWF explosion in the mid-80s to unearth their true identities, from working out with Tony Atlas, Tony White, to visiting Hulk Hogan's Terry Balea karaoke bar, we see where these men are now and how they have navigated the cliffs of fame. What makes the six-pack so compelling is the humanity beneath each wrestler. They were real people with families and feelings and bodies that could break. Yeah, that'd be a fun story, but damn, they got way too big of a price tag on it. So they got all these wrestling comics. They get, I'd like to know their numbers, what they're putting out. But I mean, just take 20% off the damn price. It would probably get you an extra 150, 200 sales issues. It's just crazy. Now, this one I'm really confused by. Because at the m- moment, it's limit one per customer to get a free issue 
They got Slash Presents Deathstalker, The Return of the Last Great Warrior King, number one. This is by Vault Comics. Written by Slash. Art by Jim Terry. The cult classic warrior hero, Deathstalker, burst into the comic scene for an all-star lineup of creators, including Slash from Guns N' Roses. Okay, it is Slash. Slash. I was wondering when I seen the name, I'm like, there's some writer now that's using the name Slash, but yep. And writer-director Creature FX Wizard Steve Kostansky. Kostansky. Death Doctor finds himself once again caught between forces larger than himself. A virgin-worshipping cult, a sorcerer hell-bent on saving the world through mad science, and the pissed-off army of the Abraxian kingdom. Not to mention his ex-lover, Princess Evie, monsters, magic, and mayhem abound. Can't a guy just swing his sword anymore? Yeah, I want to know what's up with that. I want to see Slash do stuff in the comic world. I really don't know why they got to do this. What's up with the free issue and and this? Yeah, it's very confusing because the other covers that they have are priced up there for something that's brand new, and no one's really sure what it's about yet. They also have slash slash presents Darkstalker. Can't get tongue twisted now. Slash presents Deathstalker, The Return of the Last Great Warrior King, number one by Vault Comics. This one, they also have a issue one for free. <laughs> it's, uh, and it's got the same description. So, I don't know. I guess they are both number ones. I thought one was a number zero. They have just multiple covers that for you to check out. And we're going to end it there and get back with more in a bit. All right. Back to the goodies. Starting with Snaps. Number one by Scout Comics. In the dead of night, Dr. Keith Harris is startled by a visit from his shaken childhood friend, Oliver, who shows him disturbing photographs of an otherworldly entity attacking a homeless man. Oliver insists these abominations lurk unseen by human eyes, only captured through his camera's lens, and worse, Still, they are everywhere. Together, they are about to discover the chilling reason why. Written by art by John Clark. <clears throat> Sounds like a play on the day live storyline. And the cover worries me because it's got that funky artwork on it. So I don't know if inside art looks like that. We got Spectrograph, number one, by Distillery Media. A new series debut from Distillery. We got James Tinney in the fourth and Christian Ward 
join forces to bring you their next horror classic. A ghost story steeped in the decay of a century of capitalism. For years, the mansion has sat strangely nestled into the coastline, just a short drive north of Los Angeles. Rumors have haunted the place for years. Its owner, a titan of American industry, with a strange fascination in the occult and the paranormal, for decades the richest men and women in the country have whispered to each other trying to understand what he was building alone in the mansion for all those years. And now, finally, with his death and his estate finally open for sale, they are eager to find out for themselves, two of the most celebrated visionaries of the medium. Multiple Eisner Award winners. Oh yeah, we already talked about them. Let's see... Invite you into the world of Spectrograph, a haunting cerebral horror horror novel that peels back the layers of America's opulent wealth and uncovers the rot underneath. But be careful, once you enter, you may never leave. Spectrograph is perfect for the fans of The Haunting of Hill House and The Conjuring. So basically, you're stealing from those storylines. Why don't you make your own original stuff? <laughs> All right, we got Spend the Night, number one, Curse of the One-Eyed Jenny cover. Uh, that's the cover that they're talking about. The name of it is just Spend the Night, number one, by Kong Comics, another new distributor. What is up with all these new distributors? Written by Jackie Kong, so I'm guessing Jackie Kong thinks it's, she should start her own comic book line. Art by Don Cardenas, Kelly Williams, and Roman Gubski. Horror film icon, icon Jackie Kong, the director of Blood Diner, Night Patrol, and The Bean brings you Spend the Night. I haven't heard of Blood Diner Night Patrol I might have heard of, and The Beans. I haven't heard of that one. A uniquely original comic book series in its second printing, so if you missed out, grab it now. In issue number one, a chain of events unleashes the horrible, cursed urban legend, One-Eyed Jenny. Summoning her sets into motion the pact, and endless weekends with this evil demon from hell. Cool soundtrack to play along to set your heart racing. What do you mean cool soundtrack? Does it come with an album or just a online, I'm guessing, soundtrack that you can look up and play? Which I like when they do that kind of stuff, but yeah. I don't know why you're starting your own comics company. Unless you're going to bring out a ton of shit. But you should bring out something first and see if people like your stuff before you just go off and start your own company. We got Spider-Gwen, Ghost Spider, Volume 2, Number 1 by Marvel Comics. This one has an interesting Spider-Gwen vampire cover, which I like. 
trapped in the 616 for good. 616 for good. Welcome to New York. Gwen truly becomes a ghost spider when she moves full-time to the universe where Gwen, St- Gwen Stacy died years ago. But why did she leave Earth-65? Why aren't the other spiders supposed to know she's here? Why isn't she supposed to suit up? And who will get hurt when she does? I don't know. I haven't heard what was up with her storyline. I'm not sure, but I do like that they're doing all these little vampire covers. We'll see. Yeah, Spider-Man Shadow of the Green Goblin, number one. By Marvel Comics. And it's got a Dan Panosian vampire cover for one of the options. Norman Osborn was not the first goblin. Norman Osborn is the green goblin you know. But he is not the original goblin. Learn the shocking secrets of the proto-goblin. And its dramatic connection to the Osborn family. What role does a young Peter Parker, who has not yet understood his great power and responsibility, play in the unfolding events? J.M. DeMathes continues to build his legendary and mythos, or his legacy and the mythos of classic spider lore, this time paired with rising star Michael Starr, Maria, rated T. We got Star Wars Jango Fett number one by Marvel Comics. Jango Fett embarks on a brand new mission. As seen in Star Wars Revelations, Ethan Sachs and Luke Ross team up to continue the legacy of one of the greatest bounty hunters, Jango Fett. A bounty to find, a mystery to solve, a treaty at risk. All this with Aura Singh in the mix. So many Star Wars stories. At Star Wars The High Republic Adventures, Saber for Hire, it's like I was totally willing to get like a omnibus of the High Republic, but now it's getting to the point where they have so many off stories and stuff, which I get it. The ones I have read were wonderful. But yeah, it's just, I can't keep up with all of it and still enjoy everything else. We got fan favorite Saber for Hire, Ty Yorick, returns in her most dangerous and personal mission yet. The former Jedi turned monster hunter is having the time of her life behind the Nihil Stormwall. She's never been busier. Battling dangers that the Jedi would have usually handled and earning credits galore if only she hadn't agreed to take an apprentice. A storm is brewing on the horizon that will see Ty crossing sabers with old enemies and friends. New York Times best-selling Kevin Scott joins forces once again with sensational artist Rachel Stout. Stout for an emotional and action-packed adventure in a galaxy far, far away. I mean, just imagine 
once they start, everybody starts putting out AI books, there's going to be so many versions of every storyline and so many versions of all the different alternate Earths and so many versions of all the different characters that's just going to start flying out on the shelves. And it's going to be amazing to me if any of them are lucky to sell over 100 copies. <laughs> because there's just going to be so much overlay and people aren't going to be able to keep up with it all. Alright, we got Suicide Squad. Dream Team. Number one by DC Comics. When Amanda Waller makes her move to seize ultimate power in the DCU, nothing will stand in her way, not even the future. Spinning out of the events of Titans Beast World comes the story of Dreamer, the precog dreamwalker who has run afoul of the most powerful, power-hungry villain in DCU history. With a super-powered hero who can see the future on her side. Is Waller's Suicide Squad finally unstoppable? Join Harley Quinn, Bizarro, Clock King, Black Alice, and Deadeye for the fight of DC's future and the next big step towards the clad cataclysmic event of 2024. They're already talking about the big event for 2024. It's like we just got... Oh, did we even get over the last event? I think they're still working on it. We got Superhumanity, Volume 1. The Super Australians, Number 1. You would think the Australians part would have a capital A in it. And they separate the words on the comic, but the written part... The people put down has it all combined, so that might be why it's screwed up. This is by IPI Comics, another company I've never heard of. <laughs> uh, 26 top Aussie writers and artists tell a jam tale over four issues of 12 superheroes surging into meta-charged action that crisscrosses the Australian continent. Includes copy of a letter from the late Steve Ditko, co-creator of Spider-Man, written before he died. That's cool. Encouraging the creator of this project to go ahead with it. Conceived and edited by Christopher Segarra. Writers, this issue is Christopher Segarra, Dr. Paul Mason, Amanda Baki, Julie Dittrich, And Kamala Singh. Artists are Jan Sherpenhusen, Adam Yusuf, Dr. Paul Mason, Marcelo Biez, Michael Gerenser, and W. Chu Chan. I wish you'd give us a little bit more info on it, but on what the different storylines are about. Looking at the cover, it definitely has a feeling of copying already out their characters and just transferring them into a different little twist. But yeah, there are interesting characters on the cover of this one. So I'd like to hear what the Australians have for storylines. 
We'll see. Yeah, Symbiote Spider-Man 2099, number one by Marvel Comics. There will be a new symbiote on the loose. Peter David triumphantly returns to the pen to the next epic chapter of the symbiote saga alongside artist Rogue Antonio. This time, set your time circuits ahead to the techno-dystopian future of 2099. Miguel O'Hara, a.k.a. Spider-Man 2099, is facing a hostile takeover of his own body. Cron Stone, the Venom of 2099, wages an all-out assault on Alchemax, and the only hope of stopping him lies with the power awakened by a top-secret project gone terribly wrong. What must Miguel sacrifice to seal the bond with his new symbiote? His body, his mind, his very soul. I know we got like Kid Venom or something that came out last month or this month also. Lots of symbiote new stuff coming out. We had Tales of the Bazaar number four. No, that's number four. So we don't need to talk about that. We had Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Versus Street Fighter trade paperback by IDW Publishing. The two most iconic martial arts groups in pop culture face off in a tournament for the ages. When a prestigious martial arts tournament invites fighters to travel to Atlantic City and test their skills, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles jump at the chance to compete. But a big stage means big competition, and the world famous Street Fighters Ryu. Gil, Chun-Li, and more have shown up in force to prove the metal of their psycho-powered fighting forms. As if that's not enough of a challenge, there are rumors of competitors disappearing and the identity of the contest benefactors is shrouded in mystery. It's written by Paul Allure and art by Ariel Medell. And it sounds like a fun storyline. I just I might have to check it out. You know, I considered it, I think, when they had the singles out. We had First Americans number one of eight by Critical Entertainment. At the end of the Ice Age fourteen thousand years ago, and on the verge of starvation. A tribe of Paleo-Indians travel across the Bering Land Bridge from Siberia into North America to hunt an elusive pack of mammoths. But when they fail to hunt down the beast, the tribe must adapt to their new surroundings before becoming extinct in this new land. It's by Critical Entertainment. We got Thin Blue Line, One Shot, by Antarctic Press. Yeah, Mike Barron and Joseph Arnold are the 
creators of this one, in the middle of a long, hot summer, a fatal police shooting makes national news. Cities across the country erupt into violence as well-organized activist groups mix in with opportunists and provocateurs and begin to riot, loot, burn, and kill. One rookie cop is caught in the middle and is forced to choose between protecting her daughter and serving her community. Will she survive the chaos? Well, obviously, you protect your daughter first, serve the community second. It's not hard to figure out. We got 13 Origins Dragon Thrall, number one by Scout Comics. The 13 Origins is a series of one-shot origin stories from the members of the 13, a group of Mexicans and Mexican-Americans who discover they are chispas, able to wield impossible powers. Maria Guadalupe, Lupe Mera Montes, is stuck in a precarious position as a student. She's from Mexico, but studying in the U.S., dreaming of giving her parents a better life than they have. Shortly after her 18th birthday celebration, she is stopped from returning to her studies for misplacing one of her many documents. In a moment of personal weakness, she finds strength in an ancient legend come to life. As the new thrall of a fireworm, Lupe needs to decide exactly what kind of spark she should be. Alright. Let's see where we're at here. Okay, plenty of time. We got Three Stooges Centennial. Number one by American Mythology. Celebrate 100 years of the Three Stooges. The timeless comedy of this legendary trio has stood the test of time with their unique brand of silliness entertaining fans of all ages. The special issue features a new story by Curly G, the actual grandson of the Stooges legend, Curly Howard. Pick up an issue a century in the making featuring new stories, fabulous, fabulous extras, and tales of encounters with the Stooges by lifelong fans. This is a must-have for your Three Stooges collection. Just can't get into Three Stooges stuff. I tried. I really tried. Uh, Torpedo 1972 by num- or number one by Ablaze Media. This is done by Enrique Sanchez Abuli and Eduardo Rizzo. Comes a reimagining of the crime noir Torpedo. Marketing description in the 1930s. Lucas Torelli, known as Torpedo, was a legend from the suburbs of New York. A tough, trigger-happy Sicilian who only knew how to make friends. Anyone else is no longer here to say otherwise. 
Nearly 40 years later, the Big Apple has changed quite a bit. Torpedo, not so much. As a persistent journalist prepares to write an article about the Caputo family, the demons of Torpedo's past resurface along with his dirty old habits. Lots of crime noir stuff this month. We got True Horror Mysteries, Babysitter Killer, and Other Stories, number one one-shot by Xenoscope Entertainment. Nearly 50 years ago, the youth of Oakland County, Michigan, fell prey to the twisted whims of the babysitter killer, who abducted and murdered at least four children between 1976 and 1977. To this day, the killer has never been brought to justice. True Horror Mysteries pull back, pulls back the curtain on this and other crimes, taking a closer look at the victim's stories along with those of the suspects linked to their stories. It's like we had a kid that disappeared that we still had no information on. Bobby Joe Fritz, I believe his name was. In our town, when we were kids, and just everybody thought drowning or something like that. We've drained the river. We've done everything. There's nothing. No evidence of anything like that. I'm guessing freaking child trafficking shit or some oddball thing. But yeah, it's just messed up. Ultimate X-Men, Volume 2, Number 1, by Marvel Comics. Visionary creator Peach Momoko creates a new generation of X-Men for an all-new universe. Hisako Ichiki is a teenage girl who just wants to live a normal life, go to school, hang out with her friends, ignore the political strife, broiling over after the events of the ultimate evasion, but life has other plans for her. In Japan, urban legends have sprung to life and brought some unusual new powers with them. Meet Armor, Maystorm, and a group of new ultimate X-Men the likes of which you've never seen before. I like the work that Peach Momoko does. Not a huge X-Men follower. Individual characters, yes, but the group stuff, not so much. But we'll have to see. Okay, we got Under York, number one. This is by Image Comics. Miniseries premiere. New York's destiny is written in its depths. Allison Walker is a promising young painter in Manhattan. But she has a secret. She's also a witch. She and her family belong to the world of Under York, a mysterious underground New York where five powerful clans of witches have reigned for centuries. These families with their strict codes of life, drawn from the country's main communities, African, Irish, Chinese, Mexican, and Amerindian practice magic as powerful as it is dangerous. 
For generations, they have been hunting and persecuted. Today, they secretly influence life on the surface and its inhabitants. Their revenge is to participate in the destiny of a world that banished them. And this is the universe in which Allison Walker grew up. The universe she fled and doesn't want to hear about anymore. Until fate catches up with her. Yes, Sylvian Runberg and Mirka Andolfo. Bringing you the fascinating tale where urban fantasy takes root in the bowels of the world's most famous city. Two universes, that of contemporary New York and its dynamism and modernity, and that of the secret underground magical clans of Under York, collide in the destiny of a young witch on the run. More witchcraft. All right, you got Yusagi Yojimbo, the crow number one, by Dark Horse Comics. Finally making it out of the frozen mountains, Yusagi and Yukichi come across a merchant being attacked by four brigands. They rescue the supposed merchant only to, dis- to discover much later that he is really a criminal with a huge bounty on his head. Of course, wherever there is a huge reward, you will find bounty hunters Jen and Stray Dog and other unscrupulous trackers. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. It's more fun. Isagi Jimbo stuff. Okay, we got Warriors Rise of Scourge Color. Graphic novel by Harper Alley. A standalone graphic novel adventure from the world of Aaron Hunter's Warriors series. Never before available in color. Fans of the series will learn more about Scourge, one of the most talked about but least seen cats in all of Warriors history, who features prominently in book six of the original Warriors series. Scourge and his fellow cats in Blood Clan will come alive in this fully illustrated full cover novel. Full full color novel. Sorry about that. All right. We only got a few left, but we are out of time, so we're going to have to come back with one short one in a bit. Okay, let's get the last few for the month out of the way. We got Weapon X-Men, number one, by Marvel Comics. A multiverse of Logan's fans together. The original X-Men. You saw the Phoenix recruit the young X-Men to fix yet another time-displaced disaster. But now the threat is deadlier than ever, and it's time to call in the X-Men's big gun. He's the best there is at what he does in every universe in every universe does it in. I don't know. And this job is too big for just one of him. Wolverines from across the multiverse converge to take on a foe even the Phoenix fears. 
but friends like Zombie Wolverine, who needs enemies. Christopher Cage and Yeldare Sinar kick off an action-packed epic. I want to kind of see all these different Wolverines and Logans, especially the zombie Wolverine. I don't want to get stuck into it long, ongoing. Who knows? I might check out the first issue. Or the first three. Got Web of Spider-Man number one, one shot by Marvel Comics. That's a really cool cover of him. Kind of like crawling and web shooting his way through a huge spider tunnel. Web tunnel. Say written by Zeb Wells, Cody Zegler, Steve Fox, Alex Segura, and Greg Wiseman. Art by John Romita Jr., Ed McGinnis, Greg Land, and others. 2024 is primed to be one of the biggest years in spider history, and you've only seen the tip of the iceberg. In the pages of this one shot, we're going to lay out some of the biggest upcoming spider stories and characters in the Spider Verse through the beginnings of through the beginning of 2025 and you aren't going to want to miss this i just love that cover so i might have to check it out just to see what the future storylines are all about we'll see been in the mood to get into some more spidey stuff i've been picking up a couple things but which have been wonderful but didn't jump on any long-going stuff at the moment. We got White Boat Number 1 by Distillery Media. New series debut. This is from Scott Snyder and Francesco Francavilla. Comes a modern horror classic. White boats are the mega yachts that the super rich use to traverse the globe floating islands where you, where your every desire can be fulfilled. And getting invited on board one should be a dream come true. That is, until the crew traps and transports you to a remote island, where secret cults have existed for millennia, working on something called the Human Project. Does the white boat ship ship you to paradise or sink you into hell on earth. White Boat reunites Scott Snyder, the visionary writer who redefined comic book Dread with witches and introduced Batman into a terrifying cerebral era with modern noir master Francesco Francavilla for a white-knuckle descent into Lovecraftian marine time madness. For fans of the Hereditary, the host, Jurassic Park, and the island of Dr. Moreau. I'm not a big fan of any of those, but I was interested in the story until he told me that I needed to be a fan of those. Now I don't really care. It's like, why people have to try and relate themselves to something from the past is beyond me. It's like, focus on today and your future, and don't worry about it other artists, other stories, and trying to compete with them. Just make your own stories. We got Wolverine by Claremont and Buscema. 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 (laughs) 
Facsimile Edition by Marvel Comics. The debut issue of Wolverine's first ever long-running ongoing series. Chris Claremont teams with comic book giant John Buscema to send Logan on a sword quest, fighting pirates in Indonesia. From there, the action heads to Madripoor, where a cult seeks the black blade known as the Maramasa Sword. Whether wearing his striped-down black suit and no mask, or donning his signature patch, Disguise, this is a Wolverine unlike anything ever seen before. Slicing and dicing armies of pirates and cultists? It's one of the all-time great Marvel Comics books, boldly represented in original form, ads and all. From 1988, Wolverine number one. I got the original of that, so... I don't need... A reprint, but yeah, I love that cover. We got World of Archie Com, we got World of Archie Jumbo Comics Digest number one thirty eight by Archie Comics, with a brand new story, only one, not two. A big budget movie about the Shield is being filmed in Riverdale, and Archie and all his friends can't wait to see it. But how does Joe Higgins, the man behind the Shield mask? feel about all this fanfare? I don't know. We got Wrong Earth, Dead Ringers, number one. Of five by Ahoy Comics. Ahoy's acclaimed multiverse comic returns for a new five-issue run by the original creative team. Dragonfly Man and Stinger are back where they belong on campy Earth Alpha but Earth Omega's gritty Dragonfly and Stinger 2 are now trapped there too. Will their vigilante violence infect the planet's innocent, code-approved culture, and what happens when two heroes want to share Dragonfly Man's civilian identity? Billionaire Richard Fame. The agonizing answers will shake Fortune City to its foundations. So. Earth Alpha and Earth Omega. Why does Earth Omega has Dragonfly and Stinger 2? And the other one has number 1. Maybe it's the other way around. You don't know. The other one could have been before the other one. <laughs> Again, give them new names and new identities. Make it more interesting than just copying each and individual character and just giving them a different form. Yeah, X-Men 97, number one by Marvel Comics. This is by Steve Fox and Selva Espen. The official prelude to the hotly anticipated Disney Plus show. The X-Men are back and the 90s have never looked better. In this official prelude to the upcoming X-Men 97, created in collaboration with the showrunners, Discover what Storm, Jubilee, Wolverine, and the rest of the beloved 90s X-Men cast have been up to in this, in the time before their return. Startling revelations here lead directly into the hotly anticipated new series. Don't miss out. 
And our last one is X-Men Forever 2024 miniseries number one by Marvel Comics. Uh, there's awesome cover A. We got Kiri and Jillian and Luca Maresca are, have their hands in this one. Haunted House of X. How can you kill a digital god? What do you do when the phoenix is bleeding out into nothing? There's been questions that have haunted you since the end of Immortal X-Men. Finally, some answers. There's also been some questions that have haunted you since the start of Immortal X-Men. Finally, some answers too. Trying direct, or tying directly into the pages of the epic Fall of the House of X and Rise of the Power of X comes the story of Revelation from Kyrian Jillian and Luca Maresca, and it's rated T+. Lots of new X-Men stuff. Alright, that's some of the new items that are coming out in the near future that you can check out. So I hope you'll find some that you can enjoy and pick up at your local comic shop or order online or pre-order or order wherever you like to get comics, wherever they are sold. And we will get back to you with more goodies in the near future. So keep following, rate, review, tell a friend, subscribe, check out Crimson Cull Comic Club, Under the Cull, Under the Cull of MS, all fun shows, lots of episodes, lots of goodies, some creator interviews, a little bit of everything. But check those out. We'll get back to you again soon. All right.